Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by National Roper Supply. NRS is proud to be the number one Western store in the USA and have been providing quality Western wear and horse tax since 1989. NRS is a one-stop shop for all things Western. And now, Modern Cowboy brand apparel is available at NRS, as well as the Cowboy Whey Protein from our Modern Cowboy Performance Nutrition line. Click the link in our Instagram bio to shop the Modern Cowboy collection at NRS World. And be sure and use code MODERNCOWBOY at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. Now, that's not only on Modern Cowboy brand products, but on everything NRS carries, with only a few exceptions. So shop Modern Cowboy brand at NRS. Use code MODERNCOWBOY for a 10% discount on your entire purchase at checkout. And remember... Whether you're the most punchy West Texas cowboy or you work on Wall Street and wear cowboy boots, Modern Cowboy is the brand for the cowboy in all of us. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Uh, really excited to have my guest on today. She's uh, coming to us from Mexico right now. She's down there for uh, a wedding, so uh, we're glad we could we could get her on the podcast. Olivia Harms. She's a singer songwriter and uh, says she's a Nashville commuter. I'm going to find out what uh, what that means. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, Olivia, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Thank you, Dan. I'm so excited to be here. And yeah, I'm coming from uh, Tulum, Mexico, Tulum, Tulum, however you say it. And uh, one of my good friends is getting married. And so I was like, yeah, I can sneak away for uh, Monday through Friday and come to the wedding, soak up the sun. And so uh, that's where I'm at. Well, well, that sounds like fun. So are you guys are then you're close to the ocean right now? Or are you guys? Yeah, the ocean is just like, just a couple doors down. It's great. Yeah, awesome. So hey, so um, now, uh, 
tell us tell us about uh, you know you and in you know your your uh, singing career and what what you've got going on. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm going to backtrack a little bit and start from the beginning because that's always okay. the best. Um, my mom is a is a country western singer songwriter. She's been doing it uh, for her career, and so that's how I got into it. Um, she induced me because uh, she had to get to a gig, and so I was born <laughs> on June. June 13th out of force. And then on June 15th, uh, she, she went to the gig and took me out on stage. And so this is what I was doing a couple days ago. And I've just been doing it with her ever since, uh, traveling around. I think when I was five or six, I started singing, I want to be a cowboy sweetheart on stage. Um, then when I was nine, Santa Claus brought me a, a guitar. So I started learning to play guitar. Um, and then just as time went on, you know, 11 or 12 rolls around, I start writing songs. Uh, the first song that I wrote that I was like pretty proud of was one about my hometown since I'm from Canby, Oregon. And uh, I grew up on a century farm there that was homesteaded by my great, great grandfather in 1872. And so I always, yeah, it's like goes way back. And so I always figured um, if I was going to be a country Western singer one day, I better have a song that I could share when I went places that would tell people a little bit more about myself. And so there I was, you know, 13 years old, and I uh, I didn't really find a lot that rhymed with can be. So I used the, the two words can and be and put this little song together. And I went downstairs and showed it to my mom and I played it. And gosh, I was so nervous. I thought, oh, I'm, like my mom's a great songwriter. She's going to have all this critique for me and tell me what I need to do to fix it. And um, she was great. Uh, she listened to it and you know, at the end, I really thought that she was going to have something to say. And she just said that she wished that she would have thought of the idea first. So <laughs> I was I was pretty, uh, pretty honored that she was like, yeah, you're doing good. So um, since then, I've just been playing and uh, kept writing. I recorded my first album when I was 16. My mom took me back to Nashville and and we did a, a little record. And of course, I thought I was going to be a Taylor Swift story, like big sensation <laughs> right off the bat. I'm glad that didn't happen. <laughs> um, and then I went to college and got a degree. And uh, and then I, you know, just started going to Nashville after that because I figured I better really chase down my dream if I wanted it. So what what degree did you get in school? I got a degree in ag business. I figured uh, if something happened where I couldn't do music, I better right. have a background. And I have like such a passion for agriculture growing up on a small cow-calf operation. My brother does custom hay. And I've always grown up helping, you know, with the small ranch and my brother's haying business. And so, um, yeah, I just was like, if, if music doesn't work, I love agriculture. And so this would be a, a pretty good backup plan. Yeah. So are you doing, now do you do music full-time now? I do. Yeah. I, uh, I'm lucky enough that even though 2020 was kind of hard, um, I'm still able to do it full time. So I'm very blessed. So now do you, do you, do you have a band or, I mean, or how do you, uh, you know, do you do shows, uh, just as yourself headlining or. I do a combination. Um, it's great because when I was young, I was like, I'm, I don't need to learn to play the guitar. You know, I was always right. looking at, I playing and um, Martin McBride when I was really young they didn't play guitar very much and my mom was um, so sweet and bless her heart I'm so happy that she encouraged me she's like look if you want to do this uh, you're not going to be a Martin McBride right off the bat and the best way that you can be able to go to shows is to just be like hey I'm a one-woman band here I am I'm going to sing I'm going to set up I write the songs and I can also play them on the guitar so I do a lot of um, just more acoustic 
gigs, um, just me and the guitar, but I am so fortunate that I do have a great band here in Oregon that I can use when uh, there's a fun rodeo dance or event to go play at, because uh, there's nothing like having a band. It's just such a fun energy and really is quite a bit better for dancing than just me strumming on the guitar, you know? Right. Now, so you, you call yourself a, a Nashville commuter, so that must just mean you you live in, in Oregon and you you just go to Nashville as needed? I do. Yeah, I started doing that after college. Um, I'd been to Nashville a couple times, you know, between 16 and, and 21. And anyways, I once I graduated, I just figured that now was as good a time as any to be a starving musician. I got a degree and, you know, like this is the best time to do it. I'm not tied down to any one location or anyone. So um, I started going back and forth to Nashville and I would go about every other month and stay for two weeks to a month write a ton, do a lot of demos, have a lot of meetings, just try to network as much as I could, play live, do the writer's rounds. Um, and I've been doing that ever since, you know, 2020 was a little bit of a hiccup. I wasn't able to commute quite as much as normal, um, but I was able to get back there last May and record and um, get ready for my new album. And then I just got back a couple of weeks ago. I went in March um, and then I'm going again in April. So I'm excited to kind of get that pattern back because I missed being creative and doing all the writing and, and that part of being that artist. Yeah. So you, you have a new album coming out. I remember we were talking be- before uh, when we when we scheduled this. Uh, when, when's that dropping? Yeah, it drops May 21st. So not too, too long. Um, I have been so anxious to get it out because I've been sitting on it for a whole year. And, you know, it was kind of supposed to be out fall of 2020 and then just things kept happening and I just didn't want to rush it and so then I was like oh maybe you know the beginning of 2021 will be a good time and then no that didn't seem to work out either just with like everything happening and so I figured you know what I might as well just wait and do the year anniversary of recording it um and that way I can share some fun footage and like behind the scenes of what it was like to record it during COVID and all of that stuff so it comes out May 21st all 10 songs um original co-written um from my Nashville commuting trips and then uh the the fourth and final single is called Kitty Pool and it comes out April 2nd so uh next Friday actually so you're you're releasing a a single first and then the full LP or EP uh, in yeah. May. Yeah, that's the plan. I've done uh, three singles so far. I did one in September, another one in November, and then uh, the most recent one was in February. Okay. And and so they've been great. Um, I used McFarland Productions to make the music videos, and we've getting like been getting a great response to that. So I'm I'm very very blessed that everything has been really well received so far so we're going to top it off with one more single since it's called kitty pool i figured i should wait until the weather is a little bit nicer so i'm not you know in central oregon sitting in like this 32 degree outside in the kitty pools i'm hoping next weekend when we film it it'll be a little bit nicer right so now do you have do you have any videos uh did you do any you know videos for any of the songs or music videos or yeah she's uh she's recorded uh the music videos for all of them we we did the first one is kind of an accident. Uh, the first single was called Hey There Cowboy and uh, it released September 25th. And I had submitted it to this distribution company and it's called CD Baby. And for whatever reason, it had received so many submissions um, that it was delayed and it wasn't gonna be 
out on Spotify or Apple Music until like October. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Like, um, I've been pushing it on social media, telling everyone to look out for the single on September 25th. And now it's not going to be out. And so I called her up and I was like, hey, did you happen to get any like bits and pieces of video from our photo shoot? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I think so. So we just put together this little music video and I tell you what it was like a blessing in disguise because it got over 25,000 views in the first weekend um and so I was like this might be better than putting it out on Spotify anyways so um we ended up doing a music video for each of the singles after we did one for the second one it's called Gypsy and just traveled around Oregon I think in two days we managed to like go 600 miles just shooting throughout Oregon. Um, And then the most recent one, which is called Road of Life. um, Since I live in Prineville, which is the cowboy capital of Oregon, I figured I wanted to support some of the small businesses in the little town that I'm living in right now. And um, one of the most iconic places in Prineville is this little bar called the Horseshoe Tavern. And uh, if anyone's ever been to Prineville or any of the rodeos around Prineville, you've probably been to the Horseshoe and it's it's a real honky-tonk type of place. Um, and so we just, we went in there and recorded it with my band from Prineville and then got some extras to come in and do some swing dancing and we had a great time. So uh, there's there has been some fun music videos and if you haven't seen them, you'll have to go check them out. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I haven't yet. I've, I've, I hate to say it, but you know, oh, no, that's okay. you know, but you know, you get so busy and, and you know, there's so much content to consume and whatever. And, and, uh, and I've been looking forward to this, but I, I just, I never have looked at them yet. So I definitely will. But um, Prineville, it's, it's it, that rings a bell to me. My, my geography is not, not really, really good, but uh, how close is that to like Burns, Oregon? It's just a couple hours. So, um, oh, okay. You know, are you familiar with where Bend is? Maybe it's right in the yeah. middle of Oregon. Yeah. Prineville is just 40 minutes from Bend. And then Prineville would probably be like two and a half hours from Burns. So That's right. we're yeah. up there on the east side. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because my, my wife and her family are from up there and actually Crane, which is east oh, of Burns. Really? Yeah. 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 Crane is really small. They're one of the last, um, like, not boarding high schools, but, you know, like they yeah. send all kids in from way out in the middle of nowhere and uh, have the dorms yeah. for them. Yeah. She, she actually went to that school. Um, okay. that, wow. yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, very cool. And, and I've, and I've heard Prineville before and, and I know that when the, when they lived out there to go to the big city, they either have to go to Bend or over to Idaho. So, yeah. Um, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. It is out there. A lot yeah. of people don't think that Oregon has that remote of places, but, um, Oregon is very cowboy and still has a lot of remote ranching areas. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, absolutely. I I spent some time up there with some friends of mine back in the nineties, uh, a big ranch up there, um, out of, uh, French Glen. Okay. French Glen. Yeah. 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 That ranch was like 750,000 acres. So that's, that's a pretty big place. Was it like Roaring Springs or something no, like that? It, it was right across the street from Roaring Springs. Roaring okay. Springs was a million and a half acres. I think it was the Miller yeah, ranch. It's insane. It, it yeah. is huge. Yeah. 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 But I know exactly where you're talking about. I've been out there. Yeah. Have you been to the round barn out there? And uh, do you know what the round barn is? Yes, sir. I have I actually have a, a great friend that lives over there and she's a silversmith. Maybe you'll have to reach out to her sometime. Her name's Nevada Watt. And, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, she lives in French Glen and uh, her and her husband run the family ranch and she does some silversmithing on the side. So I've spent my first share of time out in, uh, you know, the, the southeastern side of Oregon. And it's, it's, very pretty. And the round barn is really cool. Pete French. I mean, it's, it's cool. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, um, uh, Nevada, her dad's uh, Jeremiah Watt, right? Correct or no? no correct. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Very cool. So um, you, you're dropping your new your new album here in May. Are, you got a tour planned? Uh, what's what's your schedule look like? To, yeah, I would love to get a tour. Um, but unfortunately, it just doesn't seem like everything's coming together for that to happen right now. I'll probably do like a release party. And I have a lot of places booked for the summer. Right. Um, so, you know, in a sense, it's a tour because I get to play almost every weekend throughout the summer now, which I am just like, I couldn't be more stoked. I just, I've never been so excited to have so many dates on my website. I think I'm only up to like 40. Um, but I just like going from 150 dates a year to like 20 and now feeling it come back. I'm just so ecstatic because I missed it so much. So yeah, not a, like a tour in a sense that I get a bus and I get to be cool and drive around with my band, but um, we'll be a tour and the fact that I like load my gear and my pickup and take my dogs and we'll like go have some fun and play music. Right. Now, does your, does your mom, uh, is your mom your manager? Does she help manage you or do you guys work? In a sense, yeah. I mean, she definitely gives me a lot of advice and she helps me out. Um, but as of now, I'm doing everything by myself. I'm my own publicist. I'm my own manager. I do all my own booking. And um, that's why I decided to do it full time. It's not that I can play music every day, 365 days a year, but there's so much behind the scenes things oh, that yeah, goes yeah. on. On. You know, I'm, I'm sure you know from running social media aspects like there's <laughs> creating content like reaching yeah. out to to try to find publicity opportunities there's so much to do all the time that I was like I probably will be better off if I just work for myself and try to really chase this dream down instead of having like a part-time job that you know is just right. taking up my time right exactly so now are you working or do you live on a, on a ranch up there now in uh, in Prineville or no, I rent a really small little house. Um, and it's funny how I ended up in Prineville anyways. I, I was actually dating a guy that lived um, down in French Glen Burns area. And right when I graduated college, you know, he was down there and my parents were in Canby. And I thought, oh, I love my parents They're the best, but I don't really want to move home. Um, and I had a classmate that was moving to Prineville and she's like, if you want to move with me, you know, like, come on. And so it was three hours from the sky and three hours from my parents. And so I moved to Prineville and it didn't work out with the guy. It didn't work out with the roommate, but I kept the house and I got two dogs. So it worked out great. <laughs> so you have two dogs now. You don't have horses now or anything? No, I had, I had horses when I was growing up and I'm, I had like the biggest heartbreak a couple of years ago when I finally had to sell my horse. Cause I just didn't have enough time for her right. um, with my traveling and, you know, like living in Prineville and she was still at my parents' house and it just wasn't fair to keep her, you know, I was right. being selfish. I didn't want to let go, but um, down the road, I would love to have horses again. Cause I, I miss them. Um, but you know, my dogs can just sit in the pickup and like right. hang out right. and the horses, they're not as easy to do that with. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So now do you have a big bank of songs that uh, you've written over the years? Did you start writing young or, uh, are it, and is this, I mean, obviously it's something you're, you're still doing, but uh, I know that I've, I've interviewed, you know, a lot of other singer songwriters and artists and a lot of times they start, they've written songs, you know, years ago, and then all of a sudden it becomes very popular. Do you, do you have stuff like that? Yeah, I have, um, you know, some of the first songs that I wrote that I don't necessarily think are, 
uh, my best work, but people still request to have that song can be all the time. Uh, there's one song that I wrote, I think just right about the same time I was probably 12 or 13 and it's called hello. And I was always very involved in 4-H and FFA when I was growing up. And, mm -hmm. um, I think there was this boy that I really wanted to go talk to and he was showing stairs from a different club and boy, it was like all I could do to, to work up the courage to go say hi. And I still couldn't get it done. And so I just wrote a song about it instead. <laughs> and now I play it for people and they're like, you know, that's really funny. It's, 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 you know, at the time I thought it was very serious, but now looking back like 10 years later, it's, it's kind of a funny song and lighthearted and jokey because it's like obvious that a 13 year old wrote it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But yeah, I have a huge bank of songs I've, since I've been writing, I guess, for 12 years. Man, that seems wild. But um, yeah, there's, yeah, there's probably a ton of them. Some of them are much better than others. I think my catalog from Nashville is up to like 75 songs. And so right. that's that's pretty great. I'm excited uh, that I've been able to keep my catalog growing. And some of the songwriters that I've been able to write with are just amazing. And I like pinch myself and say, how am I getting to write with these people who've written these big hits and all that. Um, but it, it is hard. Like when I was trying to choose the songs for uh, the album, I was like, oh, right. I have like all these songs, 75 to choose from. How am I going to just choose 10? But uh, it worked out. And now I'll just save the rest for next time. And I'll just keep adding to the pile. So probably next time I'll have an even worse time choosing what songs to record, but <laughs> right. But it's fun. Who 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 are your influences, or who have been your influences in terms of you know your music uh, in in writing? Yeah. Um. Well, my mom, of course, yeah. uh, she's incredibly talented. I'm really really lucky to have her. She's getting inducted into the Western Music Hall of Fame this year, so I'm really proud of her for that. And she's always you know, had a great influence on my style and all that. Um, I did try to pull away from the Western side when I was, you know, probably 16 up till maybe 21, just because that's all I was raised around was going to cowboy gatherings and rodeos. And as much right. as I love, I was like, I want to do my own thing. And so I, I went to Nashville on the first few trips after college um, I wrote all kinds of music. I wrote some pop country. I wrote some folk country. Um, all, all kinds of things. And then it was just funny because she just finally like had been like, okay, you're going to do your own sound. Please, you know, just do what you feel like you're supposed to do as, as an artist. And um, I just came right back around and I just figured the best way for me to be an artist is to be authentic and um, sing about what I know, sing about my experiences and write about the things and that's all Western. That's all country Western. And so I've kind of come full circle to trying to be like, no, I'm not going to be like you, mom. I'm going to do like the Taylor Swift version. And then just came back around and uh, settled for like, yes, I am like a country Western bring back honky tonks. Like that's, that's me to a T now. So as far as more influences outside of her, um, I love Leanne Womack. She's amazing. Um, George Strait, of course, he's incredible. If I could be like a, a female George Strait, that would be pretty cool. Um, and I love Dolly Parton, Merle Haggard, Emmylou Harris. I really, I really like the traditional country. So if it's got twin fiddles and steel guitar, I'm a happy girl. Very cool. Very cool. So do you have any other hobbies outside of, of music and stuff, or does it pretty much consume your, your entire life at this point? No, I mean, it, it is uh, kind of what I, uh, <laughs> do constantly I eat and sleep and play music um 
but no, I, I love riding horses. I just love being outside any place near the water. Like that's where you'll probably find me in the summertime is I'll just take my dogs and go set up camp by the water for a little bit, whether it's just fishing or just like sunbathing, whatever. I just love being outside. Um, and I do miss having my horse to go be outside with. Right. I dabbled in a little bit of rodeo, but that's just another thing that takes an incredible amount of time. Yeah. And so I kind of had to choose. There was like three passions that I had. I thought, you know, music is amazing. I love that. Um, I also love being a part of rodeo. Uh, I've also thought about being you know, like doing rodeo queening when I was younger and they're just all huge commitments. And so I just, I just did music, but um, when I do have free time and I can go help people, you know, move cows or go to a branding and things like that. Oh man, that's right up my alley. And I'm, I am there. Like it doesn't, I don't have to take a second thought about it. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, who, who, who have you had the opportunities to write with and meet in Nashville that, uh, that, you know, that you pinch yourself about? Uh, yeah. Uh, that's, that's a great one. It is funny. Every time I tell people that I commute to Nashville, one of their first questions is always like, Oh, who, who do you know? That's famous. Right. And, right. It's <laughs> okay. So I don't know a ton, but I have had a really, you know, a couple of really cool experiences. I think the best one for me was, um, I was just visiting, uh, it's a Monday night. It's called the time jumpers. And, uh, they're like some of Nashville's best musicians. They play at this little location called third and Lindsley. Um, it's a pretty iconic little dive bar. And, um, Vince Gill is in the group because obviously he's an incredible musician and uh, he's not really there very often. It's kind right. of like when he's in town or feels like it because he's been skilled. Right. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I've been able to be good friends with the fiddle player. Uh, his name's Kenny Sears, and he's in the Time Jumpers. And uh, he was like, oh, Olivia, you're going to be in town. Why don't you come out? And, and just like, we'll get you in. You can have a listen. And so I showed up and um, was enjoying just listening. And of course, Vince Gill was there that night. So I was extra just tuned in and lo loving the show. And then Kenny calls me up and he's like, Hey, we're on break. Do you want to come backstage? And I was like, Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I could do that. So I go backstage and I'm like, hi Vince. My name's Olivia. It's nice <laughs> to meet you. <laughs> he was so nice. Um, and then Kenny's like, Oh, do you want to do a song? Like, would you like to do a song with us? And I was like, Oh my word. Like, yeah, I do. But <laughs> as long as I don't pass out, I'll be okay. <laughs> so I get up there and I, I did, I think love's going to live here by Buck Owens and I just kept pinching myself trying to like remember to move my body. So I wasn't just standing there like in stone, but Vince Gill was over there singing my harmonies to love's going to live here. And I was like, okay. I mean, I don't know how it gets any better than this. This is great. Like the best band in Nashville and Vince Gill over here singing with me. So that was really cool. Um, I haven't written with him, you know, but maybe I'll put that on the list in a couple of years, but he was so great and so kind. And um, the other people that I've met that were just that same way was, little big town I was coming home from one of my trips in Nashville and I had stopped to get a bite to eat at this little tavern by my gate and uh these four people came in and I was like boy they look so familiar I wonder <laughs> how I know them and uh just like racking my brain trying to figure it out and um, they ordered the same thing I did so I felt really cool musicians must have chicken tenders and chardonnay like that, <laughs> that, <laughs> that must be what we eat um and finally it clicked that was little big town. And so I went over and I said, hi, and I tell you what, they were just like so kind and they, you know, I didn't want to bother them, but, um, they wanted to chat and, you know, ask what I was doing and how my career was going and so nice. And it's just so wonderful to see that 
someone like that is worth looking up to because I have with them and Vince Gill, they've always been people that I, I'd like to listen to or study their songwriting and, and to see that they are worth being a role model for me and other people is wonderful because there are, you know, the, the terrible stories about people that you have met and then they're, you know, not quite as kind as you would have hoped that they would be. Right. Um, so those, those are probably my, my two favorite stories of the people that I have, I have met. Um, and then as far as songwriters, they're, I've written with some people who wrote um, Bobby Sue for the Oak Ridge Boys, um, American Made for the Oak Ridge Boys. Uh, one of my favorite songs that didn't get quite as popular as I thought it should be was writing with Private Malone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Yep, uh, so I write with Wood Newton all the time. Um, and then another guy named Mike Loudermilk and his dad was really good friends with Chet Atkins and mm -hmm. helped, you know, start the RCA building on Music Row. And right. and so whenever I'm in town, I write with Mike and we usually get to go write in that Chet Atkins old office, which is kind of just preserved as it was when he was running the building. And and it's crazy to walk in there and be like, yeah, this is Chet Atkins office. We're just going to write in here today. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, that's great. All, all the old artists, I mean, you're so young and, and, and some of the artists that you, you know, you like and, and, and talk about, it just seems, it seems so long ago to me even, I mean, I'm a lot older, but uh, uh, I think that always kind of happens with the uh, next generations. We all, because yeah. I remember doing that when I was younger, I mean, falling back to the, the you know, the old stuff and, and uh, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's just interesting. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of music anyway, all music and, uh, you know, what I listen to changes a lot, uh, just depending on the day, the mood and, you know, and just yeah. kind of where I'm at in my life. But, uh, I, I just think it's, it's interesting. Even like you mentioned, David Ball, there's, um, there's some great old songs by, by him, you know, and, and, oh, uh, yeah. You know, He's got some great songs. I mean, I I think that part of it is I, I love modern country music. Don't get me wrong. Like, that. right, right. I think it's great that they've been able to branch out and say, you know, if if someone is kind of like a soulful country artist, they can do that. If someone wants to be more of a pop country artist, they can do that. They're not in this just, you know, like twin fiddle steel guitar box. But that's that's where I am. That's where my heart is. Right. And being a songwriter, um, I just like the stories that they came up with and the, the cleverness and like the heart that is in some of those songs is what I really crave and what I love to listen to. And I'm not saying that modern country doesn't have that, but I'm just saying that, that the old stuff really does. And you can feel the heartbreak or, you know, the, the happiness and all of the, the feels in those songs. And so I think that's why I just, it calls out to me a little bit more than some of the modern stuff. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, and we've talked, I've talked about it on the podcast with, with other artists too, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, like pop country or pop music, whatever it may be, you know, there's a, there's a certain, you know, rhyme ring and, and, uh, the way those songs are, are put together and, and, and they're, um, well, what word is it? What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, you know, just the, the stuff that they play on the radio all the time, you know, yeah, um, yeah. you know, and, and I, I, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, I mean, uh, you know, it, it all has its place, but it's, it's great too. You know, when we have the artist like, like yourself, you know, that you, you have a certain style, certain thing that you like and you develop your music and sing it that way. And, and um, I, I think that's one of the great things about, uh, you know, social media today too, and in the platforms yeah. that, you know, artists have to be able to, to get their sound out there. Uh, it just Absolutely. opens it up to so many more people and, and, uh, and, and there's a place for all of it, you know, so. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's part of being an artist. You know, I'm, um, I'm an artist more than I am like a, out there to sound like somebody else or be everybody's cup of tea. I've had a, a couple of people um, just, you know, through life that have said, oh, you have this weird like yodel yip thing that you do at the end of some of your songs that really has to go like you are not going to get anywhere with that that is not <laughs> um, that is not like you know modern country and and my response has always been you know it's like that's fine if you don't like it I I don't like all the music in the world either but I do have you know the five unique people that might like it and I'm playing for them this is who God made me to be this part of being an artisan is you just like do what feels good for you um and so I, I do, I do agree with you. Like social media has been such a great outlet for that. And I do feel like there's going to be a little bit of a, you know, traditional country music revival coming right. down the pipe. Um, just cause I think so many people crave it and it's right. kind of like that urban cowboy is coming back a little bit. You know, everyone's wanting to be a little bit more Western these days and I have no idea why, but it's great for me because I'm all about it and ready to go play all the rodeos and honky tonks that there are. Well, you know what? Um, it's interesting. Cause I, I've, I've been working with this gal. Um, uh, she has a company called high call media and uh, she's actually out here in Wickenburg right now. But one of the things she said that kind of got me, she, cause she says the same thing you said, you know, about, uh, you know, Western culture and the cowboy and, and, yeah. uh, um, you know, and I've seen it cause I started my podcast and brand three years ago with modern cowboy and it's, it's just really, really grown. But she said that she thinks TikTok has a lot to do with it. Uh, just because, yeah. um, there's so much Western stuff and, and cowboy stuff on there and it's the reach is so far. Um, yeah. and, uh, what's funny was, um, and I've told this story before, but, um, the young guy that, uh, I was editing my podcast for, for a long time. And I met him through a, I actually had him on the podcast a few, few, uh, few episodes back, um, Matt, but, uh, he called me one night and he goes, Hey, he goes, you got to get on TikTok. This is, I don't know, maybe yeah. a year ago, year and a half ago. And I didn't even know what TikTok was. And he goes, you got just a lot of Western stuff on it, you know? And, and he's, he's from Detroit. And, yeah. uh, and, and so I got on there and anyway, I, I think that could have something to do with it too. Like we we're saying social media platforms like that. Um, you know, like my first, he said, got to post something on there. And I posted this thing of me shaping a hat and it was like nothing, no music or anything. And it yeah. got like 275,000 views. So, uh, you know, it's, 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 I, I, you know, like we were saying, social media has a big impact on it. And, and, absolutely, you know, and I, really I, I, I agree with you too, you know, just the, the, the cowboy and Western lifestyle. And, and you you say urban cowboy, I've, I've literally watched that movie again in the last yeah. like four months, probably three times, uh, you know, and, and I love it, but, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's just great. You know, I, 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 like my brand's about, you know, the modern Cowboys for the cowboy and all of us, whatever, whatever level you're at with that, you know, and, uh, that's just it. And I, I think there's a little cowboy and everyone, everyone is dying to have a little bit of that wild west feeling still, yep. Yep. um, you know, like, a, you know, there's no requirement. If you want to wear a cowboy hat, wear a cowboy hat. There's, there's yep. no, you don't have to have cows. You right. don't have to have rope. Like, it's just, everyone kind of wants to have a little bit of that old West, you know, like just good old cowboy feeling still. And yep. I think it's great. I'm so thankful that it hasn't gone away. Um, and that it's starting to come back a little bit because I've, I've always believed that it, we're the best people. Everyone I've ever met in the Western community is so nice. Um, they're always ready to help. Um, it's just, I think it's the best community that there is. So it's no wonder that people are dying to come back to it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And in, in the music too, you know, whether it's Western cowboy or, or country music, you know, I can remember where I was at the first time I heard um, that Merle Haggard song. Uh, I wish a buck was still silver, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, just songs like that, uh, this, the old traditional stuff. Uh, it just, uh, I don't know. It, it just gives you feelings in, 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 uh, puts you in a, sp in, in a place like for me, it puts me back, back then, you know, Oh yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, even today it's, it's still so uh, relevant. You know, Absolutely. I agree. I've always said there's nothing closer to time travel than listening to music because you're so right. You hear a song and it takes you to an exact moment or a memory and there's nothing else that can do that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Hey, so uh, I always ask everybody these questions. Um, do you yeah. have a, do you have a favorite brand of cowboy hat by chance? I do. Um, I am really lucky. I get to wear a shorty's cowboy hattery out of Oklahoma city okay. and I have been wearing her hats, uh, gosh, for four or five years and I love them. I do a little bit more of the fashion hats, um, nice. but I, she makes the best hats and I'm just so, so honored to be able to wear her hats because they're, they're awesome and they hold up forever. I mean, it's a, it's a heck of an investment, but boy, you're, you're going to get your worth out of it because they're never going to go bad. So she's got some good hats. Very cool. How about the uh, cowboy boots? You got a favorite brand of boots or? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a sucker for Luke Casey's. Um, that's, yeah. I know it's top tier, but they, same thing. Like if you're going to invest in a pair of boots and you want them to last and maybe give them to your, your kids or your grandkids, those are, those are the boot for you. Cause they're going to last forever. And, um, my mom has a bunch of Luke Casey's and, uh, I have a couple pairs, you know, always trying to work and, and harder and <laughs> broaden my collection, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're great. So, Shorties and Lucasius, you can't beat them. And how, how about cowboy movies? You got a favorite? Cowboy movies. Oh gosh, yeah, that is a good question. Um, I like Tombstone, probably as far as movies, but then as like shows, I was obsessed with Roy Rogers and Dale Evans when I was oh. little. Yeah. Oh my so gosh. I, I love that. And then that, what was the guy's name? He drove the Jeep around. Yes, I yes. Don't know what his name. But yeah, I love that and trigger and just like I was obsessed with that. So that's probably my, my all time favorite is Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. Cause they're that, the cutest couple ever. That's so crazy because I mean, I mean, you are so young and that show was, is so old. And that it was, that was my favorite, favorite show when I was a kid. And we won't even talk about when that was, but I had a Roy <laughs> Rogers, I had a Roy Rogers lunch pail and, uh, okay. and it was like vinyl. It was vinyl. Yeah. It had a little clasp on it with Roy Rogers on it, and I, I have a picture of me with it at, at kindergarten with my pants cuffed up and some cowboy boots and oh my, my Rogers lunch bill. But, but where were you watching this at? I mean, I, I guess maybe on the old movie channels. Uh, yeah, old movie channels. And then um, once my mom realized how obsessed I was with it, I loved Briar Horses. Like I'm, I'm kind oh, of oh yeah. But I like got it all, and then I realized that there was the the trigger briar horse, yes. and so I was like, I have to have this. And so then she just like I don't know where she found them, but <clears throat> all these VHS tapes of all the reruns of their some of their movies. Um, I think they have a movie called The Bells of Coronado or something. Yes, yeah. Oh man, she got all of them for me, and so I just watched those religiously and just study them and the cowboy culture and just. Yeah, I, I don't know. I dressed up as Dale Evans for Halloween one year, so I was fully committed. <laughs> Yeah. So my, my grandfather was a big influence on me in, in terms of uh, just 
wanting to be a cowboy because he always told me he was a cowboy and he was in his heart, but uh, uh, he actually moved to Victorville, not too far from Roy Rogers. And so, uh, so he lived close to Roy Rogers, which I thought was very cool, but I was yeah. really, I was really bummed here. It was just a few years ago, not that long ago that they actually closed that museum now. So, um, which was uh, just a bummer, but, a bummer. But anyway, that's 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 exciting to know, though. Someone as as young as you is just obsessed with Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. That's that's very cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just out there looking for my Roy Rogers. So you know, <laughs> Dale Evans, even even as a little seven year old, I was fully committed to Dale Evans. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, there you go. That's so cool. Well, Olivia, hey, man, it's been great, great talking with you. I know you're in Mexico, your friend's getting married. Now, have you known this this uh, person that's getting married a long time? Are you in the wedding or? I'm not in the wedding. Um, no, but we just went to college together and um, mm -hmm. I wasn't going to do it. I was like, oh, well, I don't know. That's five days. It's pretty short and sweet. Monday through Friday, only three days. And then I just, I was kind of. And I got a, a gut full of all the cold weather and I was like, you know what, why not? And I checked the ticket prices and it wasn't that bad. The resort here that she's chose is all inclusive. And right. so, yeah, I, I was like, I'll, I'll come. Sure. Why not? And um, my parents are always so nice. Whenever I travel, they watch my dogs. Um, so I have a little uh, escape and then I'll go home and I'll get back to work. Very cool. Well, Hey, where can people, where's the best place to follow you um, and hear your music? Uh, yeah, um, probably the best and easiest way is it's Olivia Harms official on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, uh, Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff. Um, and then my website, I have all the good information and the videos and my tour dates on there. And it's oliviaharms.com. So those are all really easy ways to find where I'll be. But um, if nothing else works, I always post my dates on Instagram and Facebook. So that should be an easy way for you to find out where I'll be. And then uh, is, is your music on Spotify? It is. Yeah. My music is on uh, all streaming platforms. So um, uh, I just use Spotify and Apple music, but I know there's a lot of other things people use nowadays and I've heard it's out there. So that's good. Well, very cool. Well, Hey, uh, really appreciate you coming on. Oh, and the other thing too, is I think um, you, you talked with a friend of mine, uh, Cardigan Cowboy. He has a podcast. Yes. Taos. Yes, Taos. He's great. I, yeah. Yeah. I have, I, I haven't seen it yet. I just, I think I saw a thing uh, go by. So I just want to give a shout out to for, for Taos and the Cardigan Cowboy. He's, he's a great guy. And uh, yes. I'll, I'll have, I'll have to check that out. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I think he was kind enough to offer to let me come back and, and do one for the album release. So uh, make sure that you go check out all of his stuff, everybody. Cause he's great. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, Hey, Again, it's great, uh, great having you on. Really appreciate it. Enjoy your time down there, and um, I'm I'm sure that uh, our our paths will cross again here in the not too distant future. I hope so, and thank you so much for having me on, Dan. It's been a blast. Absolutely. I come from a long of legendary men sons of the desert and riders on the wind I got a restless spirit burning deep inside of me I ain't got much but I'm free I've always been one to do it my own way I'm making my living between the saddle and the stage I don't know nobody nothing Everything I got's my own 
some say I'm just a man to the bone. I'm a cowboy, yes I am. I was born to rope and ride. I'm a cowboy, that's my brand. Until the day I die. From the radio to the rodeo, I'm gonna do my thing. I don't compromise on nothing. What you see is what you get. I may be broken, busted, <laughs> but they ain't killed me yet. I'm a cowboy, yes I. 